Hey, security peeps. It is CISO Thursdays. I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, helping awesome leaders hire great talent. And I am here with my other super recruiter buddy, the recruiters today, Danny Barker. Hey, Danny. Hey, how are you doing? Good. So Danny is with us. Um, and I have to thank Danny a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton, because she just moved. So she was just like, ah, I just moved. What do you mean? Um, but we wanted to do a recruiter show today. Our CISOs are all out um, and Chris is out today. So we wanted to do it. Ask me anything and um, talk about just recruiter stuff, which is always fun. Yes. And we have, um, between both of us, we have multiple um, cybersecurity roles. So excited to um, try and help out people who are trying to break into cybersecurity as well as our well-seasoned um, cyber folks. Uh, we've got several exciting opportunities. Very, very, very cool. So before we get started, um, please, everyone, Subscribe, 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 especially to our YouTube channel. That's where we're really trying to build momentum. So please subscribe over there to the Breaking Into Cybersecurity podcast series on YouTube. Um, and then also on your favorite audio. So Spotify, all that other good stuff. Please subscribe there. Um, if you are chiming in and watching, please let us know where you're watching from. I see or listening. Brian says he's tuning in from St. Louis. Hey, Brian. Nice to see you again. He was here last week, I think. Um, so today we're going to do a combination of ask me anything. So feel free to chime in, ask questions, um, because both Danny and I are knee deep in cybersecurity recruiting. We speak to candidates every day. We speak to leaders every day. And, um, to Danny's point, we had the great recession going on, but not in the cybersecurity space. There's tons of openings. Um, tons of opportunity, especially for the folks. I, I know this is the Breaking Into Cyber um, podcast, but then people who are moving up in cyber and trying to, you know, transition from one role to another, anyone with experience at this point is getting probably their door, door knocked on a ton in regards to opportunities. Do you feel the same way, Danny? Yeah, it's, it's insane. And um, now is the time to not just be kind of, uh, you know, head down, but it pays to be open-minded about various opportunities. Even if you're very excited, you know, about your job that you're in now, um, there's so much cool tech out there, opportunities to learn new technology as well. Yeah. So Danny, when you are, because I think people, it's so funny, I get a lot of questions around um, what the major, the almost always, especially with newbies, the question, and I say newbies in the nicest, sweetest way, <laughs> in the mean way, especially with newbies, we get a lot of questions around resumes, what to put on a resume, all that kind of stuff. Then when people go through the interviewing process, I tend to get a lot of questions around that too. So like, what's happening? Where do I stand? What do I say? Um, what have you been seeing? I've been seeing a lot of, uh, from my perspective, I've been seeing a lot. People are getting like multiple offers. There's a lot, a lot of movement. Yes. And the candidates, it's like it's a candidate's market if you have experience. 
Are you seeing yes. that as well? Yes. Um, I've had several, several candidates who had um, all of a sudden they will get four offers and, you know, basically within a couple of days um, and um, several, but it's what I'm noticing though. It's the companies that move the fastest, the companies that don't have, I call it too many cooks in the kitchen where they are um, beating the snot out of candidates. And it's a, it's a horrible candidate experience, number one. Um, and you don't really truly appreciate the culture of a company because if you get beat up during the interview process, then that puts, um, and they have to put forth all this effort into interviewing, then candidates are like, mm, I'm going to talk to this other recruiter. Um, so the, the companies that are making decisions um, with, with, within three to five days and they get a candidate through the process, those are the companies that even though it might they might not be um, you know, the Google or Amazon and just throwing money at candidates. They're the ones that are getting candidates excited. They feel, um, and they're getting the offers and they're getting the off, they're getting closed. Um, they're, they're have candidates excited to join and they, they do join. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. And from a, so for candidates, they should be aware I mean, they, the ones, most of the ones that have, have been, have, that are seasoned, that have been in the market are aware when they see these um, interviewing processes that keep going on. Or yeah. I, I know of a candidate recently who declined interviewing, like he saw the whole interview process and he was just like, I'm going to bow out of this, yeah. um, this situation. Yep. Because it's too much. And why am I doing five one hour long interviews for, you know, your company like this? Doesn't and, 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 and assignments, um, companies that are that's a very like 1980s mentality where they're, um, oh, well, we want you to do all these assignments. And, and, and on top of it, um, don't do it because you don't know if they're just using it you to um, solve their problem. And, and then they don't hire you. And then you've gave them free work. Um, yeah. I, I advise candidates to be very cautious about that. Um, unless they're going to pay you for your time. If they give you an assignment, then it's not, I wouldn't recommend doing it. So I've had, um, I've actually been in a situation where they did do assign, and, and I, I know it's hit or miss. Um, I've been in some where they did, they asked for it. The person did it and they they did get the job. Um, but I guess you have to fill it out. You have to fill out like yes. scenario and, you know, is it a reputable company? Like how you feel about the way the entire interview process is going? Um, because if they're running you through the, if they're putting you through, think about it. If this is the interview, what happens when you get on the inside? That's all. That's what I always think of. Because yes. the interview is supposed to be putting your best foot forward. Right. So you as a candidate are supposed to show up and put your best foot forward them as a company is supposed to show up and put their best foot forward. So if, you know, a candidate is scrambling or showing up late or disheveled or whatever, that first impression, that's when the, the you know, the interviewers are like, wait a minute, if this is the way they're showing up now, how are they going to show up, you know, on a regular basis? Same thing on the other side. So when you're interviewing with a company, if they're putting you through the ringer and all of this, and it seems um, excessive, yes. then what's going to happen when you actually sign that offer and you get on the inside of the company? Yeah. So yeah. And another issue I've seen in um, cyber especially is hiring managers canceling last minute. 
um, that's disrespectful to the candidate. Um, unless it's like a true family emergency. I mean, we all have lives. I get it. Um, you know, I, I had COVID, um, you know, so, uh, you know, had to recover from that and, uh, had to bow out for a little bit, but be aware of how a company treats you. Um, you know, one time it's okay if, you know, Hey, they had to take somebody to the hospital, they had a family emergency, give, give people the benefit of doubt. But if you have somebody, a company repeatedly canceling on you during the interview process, they don't, I would bow out and move, move to some, some other company um, that will value you as a candidate because then that it's worth your time. Right. Right. Um, a couple more people we want to shout out here. So Stephen Upshaw is tuning in from San Diego. Hey, Stephen, thanks for coming back. And our friend Zoe says happy. <laughs> Zoe just got her, her first IT job. So that's exciting. Yay. <laughs> I know she's been listening to our show forever. Brian asks, is there a list of companies that are looking for entry level analysts straight for boot camps? None that I'm aware of. I don't I don't. I don't no. know. Yeah. Um, like usually I recommend targeting larger companies, but it's also some startup companies um, do have entry level roles um, where they will um, sometimes though, they will be unpaid <laughs> positions um, to consider, but Hey, it might be an opportunity for you to get some ex actual experience. And then m several times and most times they will bring on full time. So that's something to um, consider, but it's just a lot. There's no real list out there, at least to, not to my knowledge. You got to do a lot of digging, unfortunately. Yeah, not to my knowledge either. I mean, I know um, that the, one of the things I think would, would benefit boot camps is to partner with companies just on the front end. So yeah, and there are some that do. Um, yeah. Um, we have one in Dallas and they're fantastic with, um, helping partner with companies um, once people get through their program because they have a reputation for um, really training people and they're ready to hit. I mean, it's called boot camp for a reason, but the boots on the ground, as soon as they get right. an opportunity, they, they are knocking it out of the park. Yeah. So companies are more um, open to hiring them, their people. Right. Yeah. And that's good. And, that, and that's what happens. Like, when the boot camps that the ones that I've seen be successful with placement is that they partner with the organizations and the organizations help to um, create the curriculum or advise on the curriculum. So, you know, they're telling, they're telling the boot camp um, curriculum developers like, Hey, this is what we need in the environment. This is the kind of roles that we're looking for. I mean, these are the types of roles that we're looking to fill. These are the types of skills that we need. We need you to train on this. And then when those people are ready to hit the ground running, as Danny said, then they go directly into an opportunity. So yes, um, I've seen a couple boot camps do that in, uh, there was a West Coast one. I can't remember the name of it, but they have been a few like that. And so, Brian, I would um, I mean, I don't know how you could work something like that, get companies on board for either the next group of boot camp, um, uh, you know, recipients. So Paul says, <laughs> sorry, I'm late. No, sorry, we're late, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I was moving um, boxes out of the picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. 
Uh, Paul says, just left an ISA working group and the team is working on building apprenticeship programs with critical infrastructure. That's fantastic. Yes. You know, again, the working groups, partnering with various organizations um, because they want to be invested. If they're invested, then they're more likely to take on people. So if yes. they're invested either monetarily or from a um, from a time standpoint, from a from an advisory standpoint, then they're more invested in the program and then they can say, oh, well, I, I told them to, you know, or we collectively as company X said that we should have these various um, skills developed in this program. And look, all these people are coming out with these skills developed, then yes, we can put them into our organization because yep. that's the whole purpose of, you know, getting this boot camp going. So Steven says, I agree. I am participating in an unpaid 16-week internship with the option to be hired. I'm learning a lot from the hosting company. They treat me like an actual employee. I'm just not getting paid. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really, really cool. Um, that's really cool. Are you getting credit, though? 16 weeks seems like a, a while for um, to be working. And I, and I, I wonder how many hours per day or how many hours per week. Uh, and Paul says critical infrastructure can absolutely be seen as entry level as well. Yeah, I mean, across the board, can I, I believe that any type of anything can be entry level, not any anything, but there's a lot, a lot of roles that can be broken down that can be different levels. And, yeah, that can be broken down at different levels and be entry level. So there are certain roles, obviously, that you do need expertise. You do need to be able to, like, you know, understand, like, a complex data set, whatever it is. But then there's other roles that are, you can break them down. You can break these roles down into entry level. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, critical in infrastructure, uh, for sure. And then Paul says, Stephen, but your skill put. Skill bridge. Put yeah. Bridge. Okay. Yep. You can't get paid while being paid by military still. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, because you're still active duty. My husband oh, just. Uh, yeah. So when you're on terminal leave, um, with Skillbridge. Yeah, my husband's just retired, so we just went through this. So yeah. Okay. Cool. Mm -hmm. So Zoe says Purdue University had a cyber apprenticeship program. I signed up and started in the course this week. That's a great. Awesome. Zoe. It's so good. Yep. No, I'm, I'm so happy to hear about all these various programs and um, hopefully with at the end of it, you know, opportunities. I was on a call. I was listening to something last night around inroads. I think it was inroads in their programs, like all these programs that have been done over the years where they partner with organizations. And if I remember correctly, I think inroads is college and high school students. And when it's college internships, the college interns are paid, but they have all these partners and they partner with, you know, hundreds of organizations that bring in their candidates. And after, you know, when the candidates, a lot of these candidates end up with full-time opportunities after they've been interns. And that's the purpose of an internship program is test out, you know, check the person out, try the person out, see how it works. And then hopefully to hire someone on and start filling a pipeline. So, um, Having that, getting that um, skill bridge and internship opportunities and any of that type of experience is fantastic. Yes. Uh, let's see. Paul says, Stephen, um, oh, so, uh, Paul says, Zoe, that program is great and they have great company partnerships you will have access to um, after completing it. 
so awesome. And Paul had a, a career fair and a conference a couple of weeks ago. What was it? A couple of weeks ago? Two weeks ago, I believe. Um, where he had, it was a veterans and, and veteran spouses focused, but I believe anybody could attend, um, conference and had a number of companies come and talk about, um, you know, speak on the, on their, their topic. All of us from breaking into cyber were there in one capacity or another. Um, Naomi Buckwalter did the opening session, did the keynote. I know James was there. I was there with a booth and um, Chris Folon was there too, I think, managing one of the channels, like channels or something to that effect. So, yeah, you know, there again, it, we know it's difficult. I mean, people talk about this all the time, how hard it is to break in um, yeah. and is getting it, getting over that hump. Um, and getting in, and then when you get in, that's when that's it when takes off. Is. It will take off. Yeah, um, totally takes off. And Paul's yeah. Paul's event was on the twenty fourth of September. Yeah, so it's awesome. And and the one thing too is about um, when you're trying to get a new job in cybersecurity, don't give up. You keep interviewing. You keep applying. Um, it's like dating. Okay, and this is what I tell hiring managers as well. It's like dating. So we got to um, talk to a lot of different candidates. Sometimes it might be a candidate doesn't quite have all of the technical skills, and but they've got such a great personality. So positive. They might have like maybe 60%. And the team is like so excited because they have somebody who is willing to learn and put that time in. They might take a chance on you and hire you. So you just, you never know, just keep applying and keep interviewing and don't, don't feel discouraged because um, trust me that we've all been through it. We've been rejected as well, personally from other opportunities. Um, and um, you know, it just, it, it might take a little bit of time, but don't give up, just keep going. Great advice, Danny. And Naomi says that all the time. She said that in, in, um, at, at Paul's uh, event too, like keep trying, please don't give up. I mean, so many people I've spoken to, not so many, but I've spoken to a number of people that said, I tried and tried and tried and I couldn't do it. Um, so I just hope that, you know, these lives and the different events that we collectively as a cybersecurity community um, continue to have to just give you, give you support as a new person trying to break in and um, encouragement so that you really, yeah. really do not um, do not give up because we have to get to the point. And Naomi, Naomi talked about this a, a few weeks ago have to get to the point where we can grow this talent because at three, four, five years, it's, that's when, you know, that gap is what's really, really needed. That four year, five year person, you know, that individual, um, almost SME or SME where you can, uh, you can operate pretty much on your own and you don't need uh, supervision or what have you, like you, you, you go, you get help when you need it, but you can operate without someone telling you what to do all the time. So we definitely want to keep you all in here in the industry. And I said, and I'm going to repeat this, I think every time, I think there is a huge opportunity within the government, especially like the federal government. Um, and the federal government is not only Washington, D.C. metro area, it is all across the nation. And when I do the podcast with Federal Career Connection, our partner, they talk about providing, um, 
you know, not not providing opportunities, but kind of like giving people guidance as to how to break into the federal government, because that space is more, I believe, has more um, opportunity for newbies and for growth than some of the 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 organization, the, um, you know, the commercial organizations. Yeah. And state level as well. Consider consider uh, a lot of the state level um, opportunities. Exactly. So David Michi, David, am I pronouncing your name right when I say Michi? Uh, he says he agrees lots of entry level. SOC entry level would be a great starting point. He receives his first internship from a great company. He's keeping his fingers crossed. Love your show. Keep up the good work. Thank you so, so much. That is so exciting that you received your first internship. Please keep us posted on what it is um, and how you're doing there. Um, and SOC entry level, we, I, we talked about this a few weeks ago with one of our guests on here. A lot of the SOCs are going out of the country. So, you know, it may not be, the role might not be, before it used to be almost all the time, entry level used to be a, like SOC was the way in, almost like help desk, right? So, yeah. you know, SOC analysts, help desk analysts, these are the folks that are getting in um, on the ground. But there may not be that many or as many of those opportunities as we used to have because some of that stuff may be offshore. So um, we definitely want to obviously look for stock analyst roles, but also look for other analyst roles, anything that says like zero to two years experience or that you only need um uh you know either education or like a little bit of experience to get in. So that is that. Okay, so uh, Paul says, great news. Also, whole Cyberhuman Initiative will be helping bridge these gaps. Just file for the Florida recognition paperwork and we'll be filing the 501c3. Awesome. That is awesome, Paul. So Paul's been doing some phenomenal work helping veterans. Um, and like I said, we've all, I feel like I'm surrounded by veterans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, a, I'm just a spouse, so. <laughs> veterans and veteran partners. <laughs> which is amazing. It's so funny. When I was in New York, I didn't know any veterans. And I came to the D.C. area and it's just like, (laughs) that was awesome. So I'm 10 years deep into veterans. Um, Paul says, yes, mid to senior is hard to either maintain or fill. A huge part is the talent wants to stay hands-on and not manage teams. So Paul, I agree. There's a there's so hard. That's really where the, 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 the skills gap, talent gap really is. So when, you know, when folks talk about, oh, the cybersecurity gap, the gap is in that mid to senior level, either management and or technical lead. So that's where the area where when Danny and I are going out to find people, those are people that get three, four, five offers. Yes. Yeah. Um, Especially um, right now for me, it's application security. A lot of companies are realizing um, that they had people in application security roles that weren't really technical. So they were just um, unable to really go into the code. They can't, they just fake it um, basically. And so I've got a whole bunch of application security roles as well as threat manager, but it's like that mid to senior role right now as well. So um, I've got multiple um, openings uh, with the client I'm um, supporting right now and they're fantastic um, so if you know of anybody looking, send them my way. And, um, also I'm happy to, um, help anybody that I can, um, with, uh, entry level 
leads as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, Danny. So John says here, awesome. And thanks for bringing all of us together. Love the energy and appreciate you. Thank you so much, John. We love you too. It's not. It's nothing like our audience. Like the, I feel like I, I hate to quote Wendy Williams, but she <laughs> Wendy, Wendy talks about like her audience are her guests, right? Like we love the the commentary. We love the engagement. We we feed off of the fact that you all are here and you're you know chiming in and telling us what's happening with you and so many of you are help each you, other right know each other help each other people have gotten internships and jobs from like connecting from the show not from us directly but from connecting with each other um it's just been amazing it's been such an amazing opportunity um, so Paul says, so folks, AppSec folks, if you're either, and if, if you're doing AppSec already, great, we need you. If you're a developer and you can pivot, you know, some of the best AppSec people were developers. You understand what coding, you, you understand what it is and you, then you could jump in and like get it done. So uh, Paul says, have you looked at building a VM or bug bounty application process? Hmm. In my spare time. <laughs> <laughs> when Danny's not taking care of her four kids, <laughs> helping her husband, <laughs> doing her day job or two. <laughs> so um, that's a really good idea, though, Paul. Uh, Paul says it's because we are a giant family, Renee. Yes, we are such a family. Yeah, we all it's 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 amazing. It's amazing to see. And what I love is that we all show up. Like we pretty much all kind of crashed Paul's event. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi's the keynote. I had a booth. <laughs> we all were. Chris was in there. You know, James was there. So it's it's amazing. And we, we love helping each other out. And like I said, anyone that gets a job, especially I, I love promotions. I love people getting jobs because I want a bunch of gainfully employed friends. <laughs> yeah. And um, people excited to have the right job. Um, that's the most important thing because then you'll feel um, the fulfillment is there. Exactly. Exactly. Paul says we need clones. We do. Yes, we totally do. So Danny, outside of your AppSec stuff, is there anything else that you are, um, that you're seeing in the market in terms of, you know, what, what we're seeing, you know, like I said earlier, great recession is here, but not for qualified cyber people. Right. Um, a Not lot great of recession. I'm sorry. Great resignation. Great, great resignation. <laughs> I'm like, huh? Okay. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going with it. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. It, uh, a lot of um, management roles like threat, threat manager. But the problem is, um, like you had mentioned before, is this um, when you get to a certain level, people want they, a lot of companies don't let managers be still hands on. So then they're losing this, the technical skills that they have. Or they become, um, they have to scramble to keep up with the technology. Um, and so there's there's that that kind of the balancing act that companies, I think, need to um, really step up and understand that in, in cyber, you can't, you can't do that to candidates. You cannot, you can't do that to your management. Yeah, 
especially if you want them to be relevant and happy and stay. Um, because as you know, in certain, um, in certain, uh, like CISOs, they spend less than two years in a role in a position. Um, so there's certain, there's cer there are certain roles in cyber where we do see a trend and it's because either they're not getting the people that they need to support them, or they are seeing, they're looking up and realizing that, oh my gosh, I've been in this role for three years and I don't know the latest and greatest technology now um, because the tech stack here is old and they're set in their ways. Um, and I've just had my, I'm on my fourth boss um, because of the high turnover. So companies really need to focus on retention and making sure that they keep their managers happy as well. Um, you are absolutely right. I, when I first started my business a few years ago, I um, wanted to, it was focused on retention. It was like, hey, we have the talent in here. We just need to make sure we retain the talent. Like I saw the turnover as the biggest issue. Um, yes. But nobody, people didn't seem, they were like, yeah, we could just get more. I'm like, all right. Um, and I see it now still happening um, with the retention issue. And it's a tornado it is, now, though. It is, it is. I was on a call yesterday, the CEO of and, and team of um, an organization, like scrambling, you know, saying that they were very concerned um, with the amount of attrition, the amount of turnover, just overall and technology as a whole and just this current market and how difficult it is. Again, with the great resignation piece, it's like people are leaving roles, going into other companies. So there's a lot, a lot, a lot of movement. Um, and to your point, Danny, a big tornado happening right now that um, yeah. leaders got to figure out a way, like, how do I, yeah, it's do I retain the good people that I have? Yeah. And the other thing too, is a lot of companies, um, I'm saying that they are 40, 40% under market what it is now. So why, why would a, why would a candidate or an employee stay with you if they they're getting calls from other companies and they can make 40% more and be remote or have a hybrid, um, situation where it's more, um, better life work balance and a better culture for them. Um, and more, a cooler tech stack for them. Um, you know, the companies have candidates have options. So um, just because you have all these job openings, don't think that you're the only kid in town. You're not um, there. All these other companies are competing for the same people. And that's where the multiple offers are coming through as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, ooh, Paul says, speaking of the fair, six AWS offers went out. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Already accepted. Paul, were they all veterans? That's so cool. So, so awesome. Love that. Uh, uh, Paul says, facts standing. More people, more need to adopt the project, project, product management roles for the various departments, and they can win over the fact um, that talent still is keeping hands on. Yes. Yes. Yep. Like they have to be able to create either hybrid role. Like you have to, we have to evolve. We yes. can't keep doing the same thing over and over. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insanity. It's, it's insanity. Just keep the, um, you know, uh, recruiting, recruiting is broken. Um, and I've, no, I've known this pretty much my entire career is companies 
they, you know, they, they instead of adapting um, and having a agile mindset as well, they're still doing this 1970s, 1980s format. Or, you know, they're beating the crap out of candidates. It's not a good experience, but in their minds, they think it is. And, and, but other companies that have that agile mindset and they apply it throughout all departments, those are the companies that are getting the right people. um, And, and they're, they're getting the hires. And they're also, they're not depending on like salary.com or these antiquated um, uh, salary market data um, that, yeah. it's, it's too, um, with it's too under market. Um, it's not the right numbers. Um, you really need to touch base with your recruiters, uh, because we're, we're the ones that are talking to candidates. And so we know what we actually know what's out there in the market. Yeah. And that's, what's powerful. Like, you know, Danny, you and I, we've been on a couple projects together <laughs> <laughs> where we're telling managers, you know, you're asking for, you, you want to pay a certain number, and the market is bearing, you know, $25,000, $30,000 more. And they wanted to, you know, they want to fight with us. Like, this is what, these are what six yeah. candidates said, eight candidates said, you know, like, this is not us giving you this data. This is the market giving you this yes. data. And they want to look back and see all these, like you said, salary.com, all these other things. It's just like, well, this is what's happening today. Yes. Today. And you can't base it on your internal team as well. Then you need to look at your internal team and, and up their salaries because they're, they're not at market. So just so now that they have other people they're talking to, they're all talking about salary as well. And they're realizing, hey, I'm under mark. I'm being paid under market and I can go somewhere else and be paid what yeah. I am worth. Right. Um, and companies are still they've uh, leadership. They're so disconnected from reality, I think, um, instead of talking with their recruiters, um, who are actually talking, um, to candidates, uh, they're relying on antiquated HR, um, people who are just, I call them, um, you know, uh, HR suppose is not really your friend, but, uh, you know, they, they, they rely on like salary.com and other antiquated ways of trying to pull, data um on salaries and it's not it's not accurate yeah i mean it's 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 i think it's eye-opening when i talked to that when i was on a call with that ceo yesterday and say hey this is what the market this is what the candidates are saying this is why six offers have been turned down this is what boom 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 it's like oh it's so eye-opening and it's fascinating because some of them don't put themselves in the candidate shoes and it's like you know because they haven't been out interviewing, they yes. don't really understand like what it's all about. And so maybe, you know, one hiring manager I spoke to 10 years ago, he, you know, he came in and they put him through the gauntlet. That's what he said. So he was putting people through the gauntlet. I'm like, the gauntlet is gone. This is not. Yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. Cause they all, and then candidates also talk to each other and they'll go on Glassdoor and whatever. And they'll talk, they'll talk about your interview process. So um, right now I do not recommend um, beating the crap out of candidates. It needs to be a pleasant experience because if, if you make it so unbearable and other companies make it more pleasant and easier for them to get to know, approach it like dating. Um, And this is my advice. You approach it like dating, you get to know them, you get to know them. Uh, they get to know you and go back and forth um, and, and see, you know, court them through the process. And it could be they're, they're still going to get those four other offers, but 
um, maybe they'll good chance they'll take yours because you treated them so kindly through the process. Right, right. Okay, good stuff. It's Owen is here. Happy Thursday. Finley says, it's pretty hard to stay positive after a period of extended unemployment, but with continuous learning. So I appreciate the positivity you guys bring to this. That being said, it's getting pretty hard to ignore that inner voice that says, give up the cybersecurity search and get paid. Finley. Um, what I will say is this. If you can get into a, a um, parallel position, so if you can get into a PM position, some kind of other technology, something else that's like that you can pivot um, and get into security or you can get your foot into the door in a big enough organization, especially the big organizations where they have big security departments. And Naomi talks about this all the time. And then you can you get in, you show up, you're doing your job well, obviously. And then you tell the um you go to the security people and say, hey, I really, really, uh, you know, I've been studying security. I would love to be in security. I will be your security champion. She's huge on that. Um, being the security champion, being a part of the security, you know, being the liaison between your department and security and doing that over the course of um a period of time to kind of build credibility with the security department so that when they do have an opening, they'll think of you first. So it is a strategy, you know, especially people who are already inside of organizations. I always say to folks, and I know Finley, you're not in one because you're it's you're unemployed. So, um, you know, in your case, it would be getting in under a different role and then pivoting over. But for the folks that are inside, definitely, you know, partner with security, go to there if they're having any kind of, um, I don't know if it's not called open houses, but when when they like this is Cybersecurity Awareness Month, they've got to be, especially in these big organizations, having the events, having the virtual events, you know, like going and participating and being a part of yeah. um, whatever they're doing so that when it's time to bring someone on, they'll think of you first. Yeah, volunteer. And, Volunteer, volunteer, for volunteer. Sure. see if there's any opportunity to volunteer. Um, uh, you just never know. And it, that makes that puts you on the radar. You want to get on the radar. And Finley, um, I know you've been listening to us just I've seen your name before. Um, but when you are volunteering or looking at organizations, look at technology, look at cybersecurity. Um, you know, cybersecurity organizations where you can volunteer. So um, why is it slipping my mind right now? The name of one or any of them where you can volunteer directly for the organization, for the cybersecurity um, nonprofit organization or um, like an ISAC or something like that, where you can get in and then start to, again, network with the people inside of the organization so that they're aware like, oh, this person is looking to break into the industry. If you're not already doing that, I know you probably are because we talk about it all the time. Um, David says, Renee, you make a good point about people watching your show, then making connections with each other. For example, after talking to a few people on LinkedIn, I got my first gig as a guest speaker on Rainbow Secure Cyber Symposium 2021 coming up next week. That is so awesome. Yay. And nervous at the same time. Super duper excited for you. Um, send me the link so I could come see you. And we definitely, I mean, that's what we all want to do. And that's what, um, you know, Paul talks about it. We all talk about just 
building the network. This industry and so many industries are, it's just network focused. Like Danny and I partner all the time. Danny's like, hey, Renee, you want to work on this project? And I'm like, sure. I'm like, hey, Danny, I got this going on. You want to work on it? Like we don't even, you know, it doesn't get posted. These roles don't get posted. These projects don't get posted. Stuff does not, it, it's all. Yeah, not, not everything's work. posted. Yeah, not every, not every role is posted. Some of them are confidential searches as well. Um, or a company doesn't have the budget to post it uh, because uh, LinkedIn recruiter is very, very expensive and posting on LinkedIn is very expensive. A lot of these job boards are so expensive and companies um, don't have it in their budget. Um, yeah. So please network with, with ev- anybody and everybody you can. Yeah. You, when you build a network and you build, start to build a team of people and then your peers also. Another thing, I, I, Dr. Dan used to say this all the time. Dr. Dan hasn't been on the show forever. I got to bring him back on. <laughs> Dr. Dan, if for all of you that didn't, that don't know Dr. Dan, he was with us in the beginning of the year and the end of last year, pretty much in 2020, actually, when all of the, everything was going on in the world, the election, <laughs> civil unrest, all that stuff. Um, and he was here calming us down like on a, on a weekly basis. Uh, but one of the things that he always talks about is he says people tend to look up. So you look up to the CISO, the hiring manager, all of those people, like people of in a quote unquote formal authority to try to get you in. But sometimes the way in and very, very often the way in is your peer. Yes. So it's not necessarily, you know, that Danny owns a recruiting company and she wants to bring my company on as a partner or vice versa. <laughs> it's like, hey, I have this project. Do you want to work on it? Same with me. Hey, Danny, I'm working on this project. Do you want to, you know, be a part of it? So it's the same type of thing within your network where it's your peers, it's your colleagues, it's the folks that are right next to you that might be, you know, somebody gets into AWS, for example, from Paul's event, and now they're on the inside and they can refer people and bring people in. And if they're doing a great job and the manager is like, hey, does anyone know anybody? Guess what? This person is doing a great job you get first, you know, first crack. So that's the, the, the part about the networking that we, we talk about too, you know, not only looking up, but looking, you know, left and right, looking to your peers also to help bring you into to partnerships, to opportunities, to volunteer events. I mean, it's so much fun when you're there with your friends, with people that you like, people that you connect with, um, people that you volunteered with. It's awesome. Like when we were all at Paul's event, it wasn't even like an event. We're texting each other, you know, like we're behind the scenes. It's like you're all family together helping helping a great cause. So definitely continue the networking for sure. And I'm super happy that David's gotten in. Uh, we ha- we've had so many people that have come to us and said, hey, we got something not necessarily from your show to Dave's point, like like Renee Small didn't hire you into a role or whatever CISO on the show didn't hire you, but from being on the show, from connecting with the people and you know, you're making comments and then you go off and, and connect with folks and the next thing you know, there's an opportunity there. Um, with the Federal Career Connection, there have been a number, um, one of the ladies, name is slipping my mind, but she connected with the folks at Federal Career Connection, and now she is on their team, and she found out about them because she was here on one of these, you know, in the audience, asking questions, 
connected with them on the side and then became a part of the team member. And how I became connected with Federal Career Connections is a connection that I have, <laughs> my connection staff, who put me in touch with them and said, oh, I think it would be great for you, you know, just like, hey, do an introduction. And then from the introduction, it's like, oh, would it make sense for us to do a show based on getting people from cyber into the federal government? And they're like, yeah. And then next thing you know, we did it. And now we're a year in. I can't even believe we're over. <laughs> it's nuts. So, yeah. I'm huge on on um, making sure that networking is so very key and internal mobility. And when I say internal, if especially if you're in a big company, um, regardless of what you're doing in that company, if you are in Walmart and you are, you know, putting tags on clothes today, or you're a customer service, or you're a cashier, or whatever, you are already on the inside. So you could be the person potentially, and I don't know, I'm just picking, you know, company, big company X. You could be the person that's reaching out to telling your manager or reaching out to your your um, securities department like, oh, I see this discrepancy or this looks like a, a challenge or an issue or whatever. You know, you're already inside. So that initial foot in the door can totally get you in. Now you have access to all these people that are inside the organization. Yeah. So, for sure. So folks, are there any more questions? Because we only have like nine minutes left here until the top of the hour. So we want to make sure we get all your questions answered or Danny and I will go into our little <laughs> recruiter mode <laughs> and complain about the fact that these men, most of these, a lot of leaders. So a lot of leaders are awesome though. Like I've worked with some amazing, amazing leaders um, that understand security, they understand the market, even when, like, I was working with this awesome leader recently, and he knew that his salaries were not that high. He said straight up, like, my salaries are not that high. I can't compete with this. So he was able to flex and say, well, I'll, I'll you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Like, I'm looking for a manager. Or I'm looking for a lead. But a, a person who's a senior who could take that step you know, that this is a great opportunity for them to step into this role to take, you know, to give them to give them like a stretch opportunity. Um, and he 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 knew he knew his limitations. He understood the market. You know, they're fantastic people like that. But I swear they're few and far between. When yeah. Comes to hiring. <laughs> yeah. A lot of them have. Uh, what do we call it? Um, uh, you know, caviar taste on a beer budget is uh -huh. what we kind of joke about. Um and and you try and explain to them, no, this is what's out there in the market. And seriously, you're you're expecting just because you're um, you know, you got a certain reputation in the you can't you can't lowball people, especially right now. Um, mm -hmm. people are getting multiple offers, um, and they're not gonna they're not gonna who who's gonna take a forty thousand dollar pay cut? No one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous to even offer for for a leader to say, okay, this person is like, this is what we're trying to do, knowing that the market is bearing a certain number. Yep. But like you and I, we've been there. We've been at places, bigger places than people probably would even imagine, um, <laughs> understanding how critical cybersecurity is to the organizations and doing stuff like this. And it just doesn't make any sense. It's like you're tying your own hands. Yeah, it's an absolute head scratcher. 
Um, uh, you know, but I will say the companies that are streamlining their process and understanding what is needed out there in regards to salary, comp, just total package. Those are the, those are the companies that are going to have, be able to get the people they need um, because cybersecurity is so important. Um, you know, companies can get taken down. And they have been. Exactly. Look at Facebook earlier this week. I mean. No, that was Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. David, what is Cyber Protect LLC? Let us know what that is. Oh, and a link for Finley for volunteering. Oh, this is a volunteer organization. Nice. Oh, cool. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. Yeah, I'm going to take this. I'm going to jot this down myself. CyberProtect LLC, that's fantastic. So that you can volunteer, build your skills, be a part of an organization that's helping others. That's awesome. It's really, really cool. Um, and then Naomi has her great uh, gate breakers, gatekeepers. Is it gatekeepers or gatebreakers? Organization where she's helping. She's working with leaders to say, look, you can bring in entry-level talent. It's not every single role that you have can't be, you know. Yeah. You cannot have a team of surgeons every time. I always go back to the medical industry, but it's just like if you don't have <laughs> nurses and people to clean the beds and people to do all these other things and pharmacists and a whole team of different levels of people, even if you cut open to somebody, they're still, you know, not going to make it because you have to have a team and people have to be on all different levels. We don't need 10 rocket scientists or 20 surgeons or whatever the case is. You need people at entry. You need people mid. You need people with different skill sets um, that can look at things differently. Diversity of thought, which we talk about all the time. Um, So important. People from different backgrounds, people from different educational backgrounds, just as a whole, so that when you all look at something, you know, I'm looking at it one way, you're looking at it a different way. And then we get to, to solve the problem and solve the, you know, move everything forward because our guest that was here last week, he would, he kept saying it too. You know, the, the adversary, they don't need college degrees. They don't need certifications. They're not doing anything. And they're taking, they're taking they're, companies down. They're taking companies are. down. Yes. Left and right. Left and right. So, um, this is probably more for the leaders than today. <laughs> more for the leaders than for the practitioners today. Like, get your act together. Oh, my gosh. So, um, okay, folks, we are going to wrap. Danny, do you have any other roles? So I know you talked about AppSec. Is there anything else? That you um, yeah, do? threat threat manager, penetration. T- I need pen testers um, as well. Uh, so, and a lot of... Uh, and I got a buddy of mine who is um, needing some uh, pen testers with uh, TSSEI uh, clearance. And actually, they're all remote um, opportunities. So any veterans interested that are pen testers, um, th- but you have to have the security clearance, um, you know, please uh, connect with me on LinkedIn and I can refer you over. Um, as Renee and, and I talk, we joke around, but like, we all network together, um, a lot of our other cybersecurity recruiter buddies, and we try and help each other. Um, and it's not about um, it's not about us. I'm just we're trying to help each other. And that's what networking is all about. Yeah. Yeah. We totally we share candidates. We tell people, hey, take a look at this opportunity. Look at that. 
because it all comes full circle. All these companies, we, what we, what I've learned after doing this for cyber for 10, to IT recruiting for 20, everybody is circulating around in the same batch of companies. There's not that many companies. There's not that many leaders. You're always going to, or very often, you'll see the same people. And so helping someone out and sharing opportunities and, and Danny and I, we know at this stage in our lives that, um, you know, talking people out of when we see an opportunity, that looks shaky, just saying like, hey, you know, take a strong look at that. We can't we can't make the decision, obviously, for the person, but just making a person aware, or opening their eyes like, hey, think about some of these um, some of these red flags with some of these things that are questionable when you're looking at opportunities and, you know, just sharing. So we're big, we're huge on information sharing um, oh, across the board. Yes. Also, when, uh, as you're interviewing, please um, don't be afraid to ask the recruiter, why is this position open? Um, always ask them because it could be somebody got fired, they left, or it's because of growth. So you kind of, you might want to gauge that just to, to check for that red flag as well. Um, and have your little list of questions, um, ready to go during the interview. Cause, um, you know, it's, it's, it's considered as dating. Okay. So make sure you keep your notes clean. Um, there's some free sites that you can use. It's, um, that I'll share with, um, maybe next time or whatever. Uh, but it's Hunter, um, which, and I'll share the actual link, but you can keep track of your opportunities that you're applying to. It has also has an app and it's free. Um, oh, it's Hunter. Yeah. Hunter. Um, yeah. Hold on. I can drop a link if people are interested. Yeah. Highly, highly recommend it. My husband actually is using it too. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's well, H U N T R.co. H U N T R.co. Okay. I'm going to put that. Dot co. In chat. Like this. H U N T R.co. Co. Yep. Okay. Yes. Good. So, um, yeah, you can use that for free for keeping track. And they will also, um, you can put in jobs that you're looking for as, and it will search for jobs for you as well from sites right. that you've never even heard of and you can apply and keep track very easily. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. That's pretty awesome. And then, um, David says, uh, we're welcome. You're welcome. Danny and Renee, would you have any SAG analyst interview tips? So Danny just dropped one, you know, make sure you you do do first, first and foremost, research the company that you're going into. A lot of times it's kind of it's relatively easy to find out who the leaders are. So if you're, you know, interview for a company X sock analyst and this company X sock manager, you know, you know who that person is or sock lead or whatever the case is and the other peers there, you can definitely do um do research on the company from uh, LinkedIn or Google searches or anything like that. Um, I'm always a huge proponent of finding out what's happening, like what some of the challenges, maybe if, if it's public, if you can find out what are some of the challenges in the organization, how can you be a solution to their, their challenges? Like that would be yeah. really, and understanding the environment. As much as you can, if you can show a leader that, hey, I understand as much as I can, I'm not inside, but from the outside looking in and from the research that you've done, you can see all of these various things and this is how you would be able to fit 
it's very, very, very impressive. Yeah. And always, um, I recommend if you have multiple screens, have the job description up as, as you're um, interviewing and have answers to each question. Uh, for the must-haves, there's the must-haves and then there's the nice-to-haves, which is usually the bonus section. So if you have those skills, make sure you have your answers for a quick reply. Uh, because some recruiters, they're not technical and all they do is they'll just um, they'll ask you either just cultural stuff. And then when you enter, then they'll just push you to the hiring manager and then the hiring manager is going to delve in deeper. And then there's some recruiters who will dig in further. They've got technical questions. So I recommend having preparing, just always prepare for that interview. Um, and then have maybe a couple sock interview questions ready to go that you can just easily um, reply to as well. You know, basic ones like, you, you know, what's explain risk, explain, of vulnerability and so forth. Like have, have your, in your voice, don't, don't copy it from a site. You want to have it in your voice um, so that they can tell who, who you are and that will stand out. Yep, for sure. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome sauce. Well, Danny, thank you so, so much for this last minute pop-up. I pinged Danny <laughs> like 30 minutes ago when everyone else said, I can't be here. I can't be here. Like, Danny, can you help? And Danny said, I just moved that boxes behind me. I'm like, move the boxes. So I cannot thank you enough because it would be me here talking by myself. <laughs> Even though I've done it before, but it's always more fun with someone. Um, so thank you again for being here and for sharing your expertise um, as another cybersecurity recruiter. Um, and for everyone else that is here, thank you for your questions and for continuously coming and being a part of the uh, a part of CISO Thursdays, a part of breaking into cyber um, and listening to all of our advice. Um, and we're just excited for you to be getting into the op getting more opportunities, getting offers. I'm beyond excited to hear about those AWS offers that went out, um, and David's, you know, progress and Zoe's progress and all the people that have been kind of listening for the whole year that now this is prime time for hiring. Q4 is when every leader that didn't spend their budget. It's been, <laughs> it's going to get taken away. So do not be afraid keep applying because right now applying. now it's the okay if they don't if they don't get these positions filled then they, their budget's going to be taken away so there's more incentive for them to possibly yeah. be more flexible in the roles it's crunch time now q4 crunch time almost every the, the biggest hiring month is in january or the biggest month where people move into roles is in january because the decisions have been made in q4 and then people either take a new role in december or january so yeah. Keep your foot on the on the gas, folks. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.